everybody, Hello. and welcome back to The Matrix. Mm-hmm. You've been out of it for five or six days, or maybe no days at all. Maybe we're still in The Matrix, and now we're in, never left. in The Matrix. So today we are talking about the much maligned and highly divisive sequel to the movie The Matrix. It is? Oh, yes. When this came out... I know nothing about Oh you don't. Like oh, this. you... Okay. I don't know anything. When this movie came out, people were very upset about it. Now, wow. of course, there are defenders and there's people who've really liked it. Yeah. But um, a lot, a lot of people didn't like this movie. What and about, even today, a lot of people don't like this what movie. What about critics? I mean, I'd say fairly mixed. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's reached the point yet where people are like revisiting... Maybe that'll happen, you know, because a lot of times movies come out, people don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And they have negative thoughts, and that's okay. Sometimes a movie, you just don't like it, but sometimes people go back, you know, 20 years later, and they kind of reevaluate it. I don't think that that's happened with these two movies. Oh, okay. But Matrix 2 and 3 are historically like examples of, you know, a fantastic movie. So it was like no one excited for the new movie? Everyone's excited for the new movie. That's weird. Well, I think I think a lot of people are excited at the possibility of them. Oh. Like, like there's so much promise in this universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's exciting to revisit it. Yeah, so anytime there's an announcement, it's like, okay, where are they going to do this time? Just yeah. like people are probably excited for the third one. Exactly. Although it came out like right after, but yeah. Well, and, and I think a lot, so a lot of people who were on the fence with Reloaded were like, okay, but in a few months, it's all going to come together. And then Matrix Revolutions is even more divisive. And even less people like that movie. So I think a lot of people, when they go back, they look at this movie and they go, all the Zion stuff is really weird and bad. And they say, there's too much special effects. It's crazy. Bad movie. I think that's a lot of people's opinions. Now... Today, I don't know exactly where you're going to head with this. Yeah. But I am going to argue the exact opposite of that opinion. Okay. Because I think this movie rules. Okay. And I do think there are some serious problems with this movie, but the things I like about this movie make me forget until I rewatch the movie about all the things I don't like about it. Yeah. So anytime I think about Matrix Reloaded, I'm always like, that movie freaking rules. Yeah. And then I watch it and I'm like, ooh, this first half hour is kind of rough though. Yeah. But then once you're back in the Matrix, I love it. So we'll get there though. We're not there yet, of course. Jordan, what do you want to say? Do you want to set up anything on your thoughts? I think or? this is my second full time rewatch uh-huh. of this one. And I think I'm kind of with you. Wait, second rewatch or second watch? Watch. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, because I would make it my third. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with you. Like, the action is so cool. And I would I wish I could have seen this at the time it came out because, of course, the special effects are dated now. But I, it's like I appreciate them because I'm sure that it pushed it forward so much. Yeah. And then, but there there are like huge problems I have with this movie, like huge. So, yeah. and I am very excited to hear what you specifically get in on because we didn't 
when we turned off this movie, we didn't really talk about it. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited. Do you want to say anything off the bat, like as a framework of the movie? Or I think the Zion stuff is a huge swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. Like huge. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it's it's hard because like they had to do something with it. Yeah. It, or it feels like they had to do something with it, and I just I think I, I'm just glad that that's the first part of the movie. Yeah. So we can just get it over with because it's so boring and um the a lot of the performances within the people there I'm just not a fan of yeah um and some of the world building's just not it's, it's like the the sets were cool I like the sets but like some just some of the world building within all of it it's just kind of like I don't know how what I think about that yeah um it's it's a bit of a head scratcher the Zion yeah. stuff yeah and every every time it's like Funny enough, when they're in the real world, it's just like, oh, I can't wait till they go into the Matrix, which is kind of ironic because we're right. trying to break out of it. <laughs> right. But it is like, can't we just go back in the Matrix? Exactly. Which is probably not what you would like the audience to necessarily think. Yeah. But I think on the whole, it's good. I think the, the story is good. But yeah, there's there's just some huge problems with it. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So this this was my I think third time watching it. Okay. Um, and each time that I've watched it, I've really enjoyed it. So I, it's the sort of thing where like when I hear complaints about it, I do get it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, yeah, I just don't see it that way though. Yeah. I I think it's I think it's like extremely underrated, and a, like incredibly underrated movie for how philosophical and insane it gets. I, I think, and maybe we'll, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I just feel like the architect scene is almost as good as anything in the first movie. Yeah, I thought I like that part. Like, that scene and what it presents in the ending of this movie is just like, yeah, okay, maybe you didn't like Zion, but did you see the end? The end was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember when when I showed this movie to you, because it was at my parents' house when we were house-sitting uh-huh. last year, when it got to the end and the guy woke up, uh-huh. you were like, that's how they ended this movie? But I don't think I knew that it, the second one, the, the third one came out that soon after. Yeah, and w- we had a pretty extensive conversation because I, I, you were just like, that is such a bad decision. And I, while it, his, I think w- watching it now, yes, but watching it then, I think that... Since it, because this movie, for those who don't know, um, this movie came out in May and Revolutions came out the same year. I I can't remember the exact date. Okay. So um, I don't really dig a a big cliffhanger ending like that in in the movie. Yeah. When it's that uh, much of a cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, like Marvel usually leads, leaves like some dangling threads, but I usually don't mind that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie, it's a hard cut. And it's like, it says to be concluded. Yeah, it's interesting. But it's also like, you know, Back to the Future, as far as I know, was the first series that had a shared produ- pr- production of two movies. Because mm-hmm. they filmed Back to the Future 2 and 3 at the same time. And then Lord of the Rings, they filmed all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that would be around this time. And so this is really only the second slash third ever where there's a shared production. So 
And and if in a few years, pirates will do the same thing. What? Remember, uh, in a few years, pirates oh, of the I Caribbean. Oh, you meant like in it. our present future. It's oh, like really? Okay. <laughs> I know. I hope. But yeah. I hope that franchise is dead. We don't need to cover any more pirates movies. Yeah, I hope. Please. But um, okay. Let me jump into some of the crew. It's the exact same crew from the first movie, down to Yoon Woo Ping doing the martial arts. Yeah. Again, so Wachowskis. Bill Pope, cinematography. Um, I'm forgetting the uh, composer's name, but it is the same composer. Mm-hmm. The score in this movie, Get Out of Town. Really good. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, yes, the movie comes out May 15th, 2003. And uh, yeah, th- this just goes to show you how much people anticipated this movie. So between Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions... Uh, it had a combined budget of $150 million. Wow. Which is actually pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Two movies, $150. Um, although it's hard, it's always hard to see to know for sure those breakdowns, but I'm pretty sure it's that number. But people wanted to see this so bad because it made $281 million domestic and it made $738 worldwide. That's crazy. So you can see why when... Uh, I forgot again. When Lily Wachowski, I think it's Lily, not Lana. Lily, what? No, it's Lana. When Lana Wachowski says, uh-huh. "Hey, I I'd like to do a Matrix for Warner Brothers," is like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's right. there's no hesitation in right. that sentence. Um, but yeah, do you want to do any uh, actors yeah. before I jump into some notes? So, um, we have. Um, Helmut Bacatus. Helmut? Helmut. Whoa. uh, Plays the architect. He is also in Hacksaw Ridge, Jack Irish, Out of the Shadows, Happy Feet. Uh, Monica Bellucci plays Persephone, which is the girl. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um, The girl. (laughs) She's in Molina, Do Not Disturb, Shoot Him Up. The Passion of the Christ. She's Mary Magdalene in The Passion of the Christ. Oh, okay. Um, and then Randall Duck Kim plays um, uh, the key master, key Ye- keeper, oh. key master. Key, key maker. Maker. Uh, he is, he's is. he got a ton of stuff, but uh, Dragon Ball Z, Kung Fu Panda, John Wick. Cool. Remember John Wick, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to him. Harry Lennox plays the commander of Zion, of like the, the general or whatever. Um, he is in Man of Steel, but I don't believe we covered him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the general of the U.S. Army in Man of Steel. Yeah, which yeah. means he's also in BVS. Yeah. And then he's also in Ray and Blacklist and a million other things. And then um, Harold Perrineau is uh, Link. He is in Romeo Plus Juliet, 28 Days Later, The Edge, among other things. And then Colin Chow, uh, or Chu, um, he is the Sefer. Or Cypher. Cypher, sorry. The the guy before the Oracle. Yes. That Neo fights with. He's in the Forbidden Kingdom, Crazy Fist, and Marco Polo. And that's who I have right now, but I did remember someone else. So you Gata. Pink it. We've covered her. We have? Scream. Oh yeah. We covered her like not that long ago. Trying to find the French guy. Ah uh, yes. Well, while you're doing that, I have some interesting notes on the actors and some potentials that could have happened. Okay. So the architect, 
they originally approached Mr. Sean Connery to be the architect. <laughs> and he was reading it, and he said, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> he turned it down, and instead he stars in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which famously <laughs> ends his career. Oh, <laughs> so I did not know that. That he it should have ended his career. I mean, I'm sure he did other things, but that movie, movie was such a bomb. That movie played on TV a lot, uh-huh. and I always loved anything I saw as a kid. Yeah. But I don't know. I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, that's based on an Alan Moore comic. I know. Um, but yeah, that, that pretty much is like nail in the coffin on Sean Connery being a movie star. Wow. So he should have done this. <laughs> wow. Um, sorry. So Lambert Wilson <laughs> plays uh, Merovingian. Merovingian. Vingian. Um, he is in Catwoman, Timeline, Benedetta, Shuttlecock, Calls, <laughs> among other things. Yeah. Now, I I just have to... And he s- is French. He is French. Okay. It doesn't sound... He sounds like he's pretending to be French. <laughs> um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a specific dialect. Maybe or, or, it uh, is. You know, his accent's from a, a certain region or something. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, now, you know, it, it, there's it's just hard for me to look at the guy because his lip is so big, and I just stare at his lip the whole time. And, hey, people are made certain ways. I don't want him to feel bad about it, but every scene he's in... Distracting to you. I can't. And it became distracting for me also. <laughs> yeah, because I, I pointed it out I, to you, and you're like, oh that, my gosh, that's yeah. That's one of the issues I have with the movie, but we can get there. Yes. The Merovingian is... I mean, I think the I just, performance is awful. I just don't get it. I, yeah. Well... And if I don't get it, and I know I'm only speaking for my... I'm just... I don't wonder what other people thought, because it's like this makes no sense i can't i like not that i can't understand what he's saying because of his accent just because of the like i don't know what he's saying Mm -hmm. therefore why is this in the movie this movie's so weird because it truly has so many issues but it's maybe the most that i can think of off the top of my head the most uh movie the the movie that's riddled with the most weirdness and issues that i would maybe argue is a masterpiece oh okay that's weird. Like, like it's the most like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay, um, but yeah, so so uh, yeah, Sean Connery turned it down, um, and then a couple of other people I wanted to tell you about was Jet Li was they they approached him to be Cipher. Yeah, but he was like the role's not big enough for me. Okay. Granted, he's yeah. right. Yeah, and then they got they got Michelle Yeoh, but then <gasps> she wasn't able to do it. I think because oh, of be scheduling. Cool. Yeah. Now, one thing I was curious about was where the heck did Marcus Chong go? Good old Tank from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's two stories here. Okay. One is the Wachowskis and Warner Brothers where they said that he um, had asked to come back um, and he was offered $250,000 to do both sequels, but he said, no, you have to give me a million dollars. Okay. And they were like, no. So they just had him killed off because that's 
a lot of money. Killed off. His character in canon is dead. Yeah, his character is dead. Do they dead. say that at one point in the movie? They do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it is kind of like a throwaway line, though. Oh, Like, if okay. you're not paying attention. I was, like, specifically... There's so many names, and they're and they're all not real names, so <laughs> it's just, it's going to be hard to Which, in certain circumstances, makes it really easy, yes. and in others, makes it really hard. Yeah. Um, but Chong apparently like sued the company and said that they had a written contract that he would be in the sequels and he has a documentary on youtube on his youtube that's called the marcus chong story and he claims that they just like totally uh threw him to the side didn't let him be in the movie and uh he goes so far as to say that they sent an assassin to his home and um he says hey. that they blackballed him, and that's why he pretty much has not had a career after The Matrix. Now, the fact that he throws in the assassin thing makes me think maybe... Not the most credible. Not the most credible. Um, but wow. that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And it, it, it does make me think they probably made the right call just being like, the character died, whatever. Because hmm. <laughs> it sounds like, according to Wachowskis, he was threatening to them. Oh, wow. So... Anyway, there's that. Um, and then I got a cast of characters to tell you about. So that, well, no, maybe, I, yes. So as we know, a lot of these characters hold significance in other mythologies yeah. or things of that nature. So I looked up some of the stuff on matrix101.com, of course. And this is what it had on the Merovingian. Okay. The Merovingian was presumably named after the Merovingian dynasty because it is a power from a distant period in French history, just as the Merovingian himself is a power from a distant period in the Matrix's history, who, was adopt- who has adopted a French persona. Additionally, the Merovingians ruled what is now France during the Middle Ages, early Middle Ages, a period commonly known as the Dark Ages and popularly held to be a period of, of barbar- barbarism, superstition and feudalism and it may be that this name is intended to associate the merovingian with his personal army of supernatural beings with these qualities so that's cool um niobe who's played by Mm -hmm. jada pinkett smith is um niobe was a female greek mythological character in the iliad um in that epic story she is described as a woman who compares herself to a goddess okay persephone who is the um the French, uh, the Merovingian's wife, wife, um, was the daughter of Demeter and Zeus in Greek myth. Uh, Hades abducted her and took her to the underworld, but she was eventually allowed to return to the surface for part of the year. Her mother, Demeter, in her grief, neglected her duties, and the earth became cold and barren. So Zeus allowed Persephone to come home for only six months of the year. This marked the change of the seasons. Cool. It's true. Tis true. So those are a couple things that I wanted to point out before we get into it. Great. And then finally, just a couple more. Movie was filmed from March 1st, 2001 to August 21st, 2002, um, because they filmed two movies. Yep. Uh, they made a one-and-a-half-mile freeway for this movie. That's crazy. On a decommissioned uh, naval air base. Cool. And 97% of the materials from the sets in these movies... Uh, were recycled. Wow. And um, tons, like literally tons, yeah. of wood was sent to Mexico for low-income housing. Wow. 
Um, That's the kind of stuff you want to hear because yeah, with movie productions, you just hear the budgets and you sometimes when you see behind the scenes stuff, it's just like, where, where does all of this go when it's done? <laughs> right. And sometimes you just like, this this is terrible. Like, how is this sustainable to the earth and to people and stuff like that? And I hope that that happens more often than I think. I hope so, too. The fact that it's a notable thing, though, is probably it doesn't happen as often as we'd hope. <sighs> Way to be a Debbie Downer. But you never, I mean, a lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of sets and stuff are just recycled within other movies, well, which is a good too. use of it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these sets are so particular. It's not like mm-hmm. you can just be like, we're going to film Scream 5 on the Matrix set, yeah. you know. Or maybe you could. We haven't seen it yet. Um, And during this movie... They developed the visual effect called Universal Capture, um, where they take samples and take pictures of a person's face so that they can digitally use it. So this is like... like, Thanos. Yep, exactly. This is like the beginning of that technology. Cool. Um, And, you know, around this time, too, there's also the Lord of the Rings technology that's going on. So visual effects from 99 to, like, 2005 completely transform. Yeah, for better and for worse in a lot of ways. And that's what I got. Great. Should we jump into the plot? Yeah. So the movie begins, and we see a vision of the future. Mm-hmm. Trinity is on a cool motorcycle. Mm-hmm. She jumps it into a building. Like a parking garage. Yeah. Huge explosion. Mm-hmm. She starts and, fighting. Yeah. And then she's being chased by agents. Uh-huh. She jumps out a window. I'm, riv- sh- I'm riveting. They're shooting each other, and the bullets are doing that Donnie Darko uh, time travel wormhole thing um, in the <laughs> yeah. air, and they're shooting at each other like crazy, and one of the bullets gets Trinity, and then Neo wakes up. Yeah. Super stylized. This still feel very comic booky. Yeah. So I imagine they continue to do the storyboarding graphic novel yeah. stuff. It, it, it's funny, though, this scene. Uh, so again, prefacing... I'm going to actually critique a lot of stuff in this movie, but I love it. But the movie sure. starts, and, you know, you, you see, like, the reigning, uh, you know, digital code, mm-hmm. and it goes around that for so long. Oh, yeah, it does. And I you're kind of like, that. okay. You know, it, it feels yeah. like they're kind of doing a victory lap, like, get ready. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. about to watch another Matrix. And then when she is falling down this building, it's long. It's, it's long. It's I, pretty long. And yeah. I was just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> they really want you to remember. <laughs> yeah this something that's being foretold it, it sort of feels like we just want to make sure that if anyone was still in line to get popcorn they make it in time for neo to wake yeah, up maybe <laughs> but then neo wakes up yep next to trinity and um basically we find out a couple of things we find out like the real world story is the sentinels the robots are drilling down to Zion, and they have 72 hours yeah. before they will get there and kill everyone. Yeah. So that is the real-world story, um, and we get introduced to Niobe, mm-hmm. and we find out... So wait, okay. Go ahead. Oh, so you're talking about when they have that meeting in the Matrix, all to, all the captains together. Yeah. And they're talking about pretty, that stuff. That's pretty right at the beginning there. Yeah. It's one of those things for me where I was like, man, eh, they'll probably explain this again. I, I It's just... Sometimes I have a hard time when it's like so many new faces. How can I pay attention to what they're talking about? Yeah, that's a me thing. Well, and and I think you know, like any good sci-fi 
it's you're not gonna it's not gonna just totally all click the no. first time you watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're gonna be like, okay, I think I got the overall story. And then yeah. as you watch it more, you key in on like characters and yeah. specific plot beats. Um and so yeah, so there there's like this meeting of all the generals of the humans that are alive. Yeah. And the uh, the sentinels are coming. And then is that when they go back to Zion? They but before that Agent Smith shows up. And is that is that when that's not when they have the big Oh, brawl. there's like a cut. Oh yeah, so like there are other people in the matrix. Well, I don't yeah, I don't remember if it happens then, but it does happen in like the beginning. So like these two guys are getting waiting for the phone to ring to go back to the real world to be woken up. Yeah. One of them goes and then another one is stopped by Agent Smith who becomes him. Yeah. And this for how significant this turns out to be, I th- uh I did not catch this until this time around. Like that it, that was the same guy that he becomes later oh, in the really? movie. So like every time I've watched the movie I've been a little confused like who's this random guy? So here's a question too. <laughs> when they have that meeting, Neo like goes off because he's like sensing agents are showing up. Yeah, and he goes to the door. Yeah, and or, or some someone knocks on the door and like like this is for Neo and it's the earpiece. Yeah, yeah. So that's from Agent Smith. And 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 it says it's given with the the note or someone says tell Neo um he set Agent Smith free. Yeah. So is that your question? I, about I guess it? so. That's so, that's what that means, right? Yes. What okay. is so cool? And again, this is more like I'm getting it now. Yeah. And and that I think that's one of the problems, kind of. The thing I love and a problem with the movie is like a lot of this stuff, they're just kind of expecting you to just keep up. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like, wait, what does that mean? He's set free. And they kind of get into it, but they kind of don't. So the idea is that Agent Smith is now disconnected from the Matrix, and he's acting on his own accord. Yeah. So he is now literally a computer virus. Yeah. And so throughout the movie, he is infecting his virus in other agents and other people. Yeah. And he's like... He's got his own agenda. Trying to destroy the Matrix and humanity. Yeah. And so (laughs) that is so freaking cool. I love that. Yeah, I like that. that. That's great. It's sort of like there's a lot of subtext. You know, it's it's... Like this is not a pull out your phone and scroll through Instagram while you're watching this kind of movie. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, so he's a computer virus. Right. Well, I knew. Yeah, I knew that much. But yeah. Um, and so I think yeah. So then Neo starts fighting one of the agents. Yep. And he kind of goes, "Huh, upgrades." Love yeah. that classic yeah. Keanu kind of thing. And then they finally, you know, he escapes, and they go they all to go Zion. Back. Yeah. Now, I'm curious what you think about this. There's a lot of stuff, especially in this Zion sequence, where they are just kind of throwing like a thousand things at you. Um, so we're introduced to like a ton of new characters. Yep. And there's things like, like this boyish looking person comes up. Yep. And he's like, Neo, 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 I'm so glad you saved me. And that's something we didn't see. And then yeah. later in the movie, it's kind of a, a quick line where he's like, I wasn't, you were the one who awakened me. Yeah. And and there's just a lot of that, especially in the Zion sequence, where you're just like, yeah, okay, uh, Morpheus 
liked him and Niobe were together, but then now the general and Niobe are together. And then this guy's the ruler of the council, <laughs> this old man. And then we're all in this. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot. Yeah. What do you think but of the like, dump how do, of how information? Else do you do it in some. I mean, I'm sure that people have come up with plenty of other ideas. Yeah. But the I I do like the kid who uh-huh. is feels like he, he he's in debt to Neo for the rest of his life because of what he did. Even though Neo was like, it's not that like you're you're putting too much weight on it. Yeah. I, it's like he re- represents everyone yeah. else. So that I think is good. And then I I think it's cool throughout the movie too, especially at Zion. Not every, Still not everyone believes in Neo. And I really like that. That's cool. And it's just kind of it's like the last movie, but it's even hit harder in this movie where like Morpheus, he, you didn't see this in the first movie, but in this movie he is seen as someone who is kind of a crackpot. Yeah. And is like, has blind faith. Yeah. And a lot of people at Zion don't really have the same view. Yeah. But a lot of people do too. I don't I think that's cool. I love that. Yeah. And and like like that scene that that comes right away pretty soon after what we're talking about is when Neo and Trinity are like, "Oof, we can we'll finally be alone. Let's yeah. let's head to the room." And he gets to the hallway and it's just lined with people who are like handing Neo things and saying like, like offerings. Yeah. It, it's this Messiah thing. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the Palm Sunday almost yeah. is, is like they're setting down stuff that he can walk on. Not literally. Yeah. Um, but they're even like food and valuables. Yeah. And they're and asking stuff. him to like, uh, you know, take this so that their son will be safe in battle. Yeah. And all of, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I, very interesting. All of the the Messiah, the one stuff is really cool because what the, the other thing that this movie is about that I love is it is um, subverting expectations for what a a um, Messiah character is. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, the architect goes, yeah, you're the one because it's programmed in the Matrix and there's been five others. You're yeah. not the one. There yeah. is no the yeah. one. So they're taking like one of the most common tropes of fantasy and one of the the something that's like innate in human nature, uh, this idea that there will be one that will save us kind of a thing. And then they're just going, yeah, but it's not that. And yeah. what I love about that is that that I mean that's a that's a reason why I love this movie because it's like it's like exploring if if we took that literary idea mm. and that human idea and we said but it's not true right although funny enough it does become true kind of like the, the first movie too yeah by by the end of the next movie mm-hmm. but I think you can argue it doesn't because they restart the matrix at the end of revolutions but anyway yeah, we, I don't really remember we'll get into that they 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 form a tr- truce. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Which is why I feel like a Matrix 4 actually could be fine. Got it. Okay. Because the Matrix was never destroyed. Yeah. So, um, huh. I, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I can tell that you, you I peaked do more a little questions more. about the architect stuff, but I'll just wait till we get there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the this whole part, it just is a slog. And part of it is just they're just laying groundwork yeah, for yeah. this stuff. And I just don't know if it's written very well. And the whole, it's just everyone is so robotic 
fun, like and it's funny so enough. earnest. And yeah, and like, it's, it is. It's just so. Oh man, it's just boring. Everyone's so straight faced, and you have this like council. Like you have things that are like, oh great, I didn't want to go to a movie to watch politics. Like this, it's just not. It's not interesting at all to me. Yeah, and 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 that is why I think that. Like I think that the beginning of this movie does a disservice to the rest of the movie because I think a lot of people watch it. And even when we were watching it, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't remember the beginning of this movie being such a slog. Yeah. Um, but, but it's like the movie really kind of tests your patience. Yeah. And then by the time you're like, I don't know if this is good, then it gets amazing. Yeah. And so if, if you're like, if you lose it by that point and you're not willing, like this movie, you have to trust that it's going to be good. You just have to trust the filmmakers. And if you, you're not willing to trust them, then you're not going to like it. Yeah. That would be my thought on that, I think. So because it's hard the, though, because this is a long part of the movie. I know this. This is it's a long. It's like a half hour at least. Yeah. Um, and it it is long and it feels long and and I think it's the design of Zion is cool and it's smart. Yeah. But um, I really think that I don't like the costumes a lot. But I don't get, like the costumes. I get what because they're trying to be like this is homemade. This is the best we yeah. can do as humanity. And I like the thought, but it it's not very fun to look at. Some of it looks like a choice, though, in a, in oh, a yeah, weird it's, way. It's like some people are really really well dressed, and then some people are wearing clothes that are tattered. Like, yeah, and I don't even know if it's a class. Maybe it's a class. Thing, I think, but there is that implication that there's a class structure here. Yeah. It. Yeah, I don't know. It. It's just. It seems a little like inconsistent. And it does make sense that like the it's like. Uh, they basically live in a machine. Yeah. Because that's like all that's left. So well, I like this that is one of the best things. Yeah. Is that like, conversation with the councilman. Well, I don't know if it's one of the best things, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's, I like that it's not, cause I, I can understand if it's like all organic in some yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they have that cave that they're into of the stalagmites or yeah. stalactites. I don't both one or the other. I'm sure they had both. Um, That was a cool set too. And mm-hmm. it made sense. But, well, yeah, the so like the scene I, I was talking about, it's not necessarily the best scene. I it's funny because the the old councilman, it, he's he's the kind of actor where I look at him and I'm like, oh, you are such a great actor. But the performance, I'm like, it's not for the right movie. It, I don't know that he is all that good. Yeah, it, it's weird. And it's it's OK. We'll, we'll get to that. But like, don't really understand what he said. And why it's important, and how, what it had effect it had on Neo in the future of this movie, and how it helped him develop as a character, and so it's like, why did we have this? Just so that like it's a counselor, and they're are you part talking about the, when they're talking by yeah, themselves? Yeah. So um, I can answer that at least what I believe. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> the other thing this movie's about is control. Yeah. And it's all about control. Who's controlling who? Is it even possible to have control? And in this scene. Neo is walking around. He talks to the counselor. They there is that great world building thing though, where he he the counselor says, "I don't I don't sleep much more than four hours a night. I slept the first seven years of my life. I felt like, I feel like that's enough." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. love that. But he says, 
they're they're looking at the engineering room, which is all these machines, very steampunk. Yep. You know, I don't think that they're electrical circuits. And they discuss this whole thing where it's like, uh, what what do they say? Uh, they still use machines, but the but the machines control them because, or or do they control the machines? And Neo's like, yes, we control these machines because we can on them. turn them off. And then he says, but if you turn them off, we would die because we wouldn't have life support. Yeah. So what is control? Can you even have it? So the idea of this is setting up just the whole concept of what the whole movie's about. Okay. Whether, whether you thought it was good or not, that's a different matter, but that's like what they're trying to convey. Okay. And I think there's, there's also this element of like yin and yang mm-hmm. where it's like, Machines aren't necessarily bad. Humans aren't necessarily bad. But if they're not in balance, then things can get bad really quick. Okay, fine. It gets a pass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, there is a moment in this movie that is insane. Because this movie is largely devoid of any humor. But Link, (laughs) who is now the... um, (laughs) The pilot, right? The... What do they call it? It's not the pilot. Programmer. Yeah, he he like sends people in and out of the matrix. He's yeah. what Tank was. Yeah. He walks into his house. Yeah. And the first thing he says as he's opening the doors, he goes, "Where's my puss?" And then he looks and he sees that there are children there. Yeah, there are children there and he doesn't finish his sentence. Yeah. Now, it feels like as was discussed in one of the best blank check episodes, Matrix Reloaded, it feels like then you cut to a cat, right? <sighs> Maybe because he's about like... You know, I've never thought that. <laughs> well, it's just so weird because it's like, who calls their their other that? That guy, Link. <laughs> Link does it. But see, and then here's here's another like exposition dump where we find out that the the woman that Link is with mm-hmm. is the brother is the sister of Tank, I believe. Yep, and the other guy, and the other guy, and so Tank and Dozer were killed, and she talks about how they died. Yep, and then she gives them this like bracelet. She thing. like doesn't want him to be part of this crew because her brothers died, and I don't think I think she's like unsure on if she believes in if Neo's the one or if that's even a thing, and Link is also unsure of it too. But he does feel a call to duty. To just serve. Yeah. So he knew he's a part of this and like, sorry, this is my call. And I hope you can understand that. Yeah. And she like gives him a rosary or something for good luck. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. And she says, but I do. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice, but it's also, you know, again, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss like eight things every it's, scene. It's definitely uh, hard to make a second movie and you have like almost a completely new cast (laughs) I know. when you just want the story to go well and it it stinks because in the next two movies morpheus doesn't really have anything to do so he just kind of hangs out and is like i believe i Mm -hmm. believe i believe because at the end of matrix he's finished his emotional and character journey yeah so it's like you kind of lose morpheus yeah it's it sucks that like basically the cast died in the first movie yeah and one of them couldn't come back and, and so like because because i'm just thinking of like lord of the rings because that's ensemble yeah and in the first movie it's all about getting to know them mm-hmm. and then in the next two movies we meet a lot of new people 
but we already know our established crew so well yeah. that it doesn't feel also just a perfect story. But it well, it it, it does benefit from. J.R.R. Tolkien didn't go, okay, I wrote The Fellowship of the Ring, and it's a complete story. Let's see if anyone likes it, and I'll make more, maybe. That's true. Like, this this is that classic thing where this is not a planned trilogy. They make the first movie, and then they get greenlit to make two more. Yeah. And they have to figure out how to do it. It's the... That's always tough. Um, But anyway, uh, so there's all the Zion stuff. Now, there is... The wildest scene in this series. One of the weirder scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Morpheus speaks at the um, gathering of the humans. And he says, we need to be truthful. But I I believe Neo's the one. Here's the deal, guys. The Sentinels are coming. But let's show them. Let's rumble these caves and show them that humanity, what humanity really is. Yeah, and there's all these, like, drums and stuff like that. And they start... Uh, it's a pep rally. <laughs> These drums start playing, and, and it's this cool, like, interesting beats and natural-sounding instruments and stuff. And then it kind of transitions into this moment where it builds and builds, and then it drops into, an, like, an 808 kick drum. You got the hi-hat. You got synthesizers. And it's like, tink, tink, <laughs> And someone jumps in the air. Yeah. And then it's this weird orgy scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that graphic, but there's. It's still. It's it's like a. It's a scene that I. It it feels more graphic than it it's, is. It's so confusing, but it also like <laughs> isn't confusing. Like it makes sense. But it's very laughable. It is, I think it, it is very laughable, and I think what they're trying to do is they're humans. Like we're humans, we're primal because yeah. we are juxtaposed with these machines and being in this matrix thing, and like being in this this primal state of like they are this is a true experience and it's together (laughs) and then you have neo and trinity alone having their own primal experience and it is so long and it's intercut between the both it's intercut and it's so long and And there seems like kind of graphic for like an action movie that yeah, well, I mean, it's also it's like so it's an action movie, so you're probably gonna have some sex stuff in it. But the first movie had like none of it. I know. So it is funny that this this is just like. Gonzo I mean, they're Go cashing their blank check on this movie they right are. here, and it's it's just funny that I won. I wonder if this scene was studio noted to death, or if the studio just said like whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know because I wonder if there's like a crazier version of it that if, yeah, but. There's probably not, um, but it, it's sort of funny, and I think this is the point where if you've not liked anything before, yeah, you're done. You're you're like this is laughable, this is stupid. But then there's, and and even there, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is so weird. Is this is this any good? Yeah. And then it's like after this scene, things start getting really good. Yeah. And so you have to just kind of go, okay, we got to get through the orgy scene and then the movie takes off. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so we got all that stuff. And then now they're like, okay, we have to talk to the Oracle. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I think is just kind of interesting and funny about the movie is, of course, the Matrix 1 is very philosophical but it is it feels like the philosophy is 
how do I explain it? It feels like when they were writing it, the philosophy was coming as they wrote. Okay. Um, this movie feels a little more like, what if we did this? Mm-hmm. It feels like they're putting like philosophy and narrative and plot and ideas before the actual story. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I think that's part of why the first part is so weird. And then the next part is also, it's like, it's like, this is an action movie, but we're going to try to make it the most philosophical, ponderous action movie you've ever seen. Yeah. And we're going to try and outdo ourselves when you were thinking a lot during the last movie. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I think that's why a lot of people don't like this. But, um, then the human Mr. Smith, who's in the body of someone named Bane, tries to, he's about to attack Neo, who's getting ready to leave. Wait, well, we're not even talking about what the Oracle said? No, we're not to the Oracle yet. They haven't left yet. Oh. He's about to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he the, we're still knife. in Zion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like so, that he was, like, cutting himself. I know, And, very like, watching himself bleed. Oh, yeah, because he wouldn't have had that experience. Any any experience. He has no experience yeah. of anything human. So, pretty cool. And yeah. So, yeah, he was going to, I guess, assassinate Neo, Neo uh, but he has stopped because someone's, like, running up to him. Yeah, it's the it's the kid he saved that we didn't see. Yeah, and he gives him a spoon from another kid. Yes. Harkening back to the first movie. Yes. Um, and then they go. And they go. And now, now the movie is in full gear. From here to the end, amazing. Except the Merovingian. But <laughs> this is just such an asterisk yeah. movie. It's so funny. Um, so Neo goes to Seraph, who is going to test him in a fight to see if he you you don't truly know someone until you fought them now i have to do a little side note on seraph seraph is a challenge handshake authentication protocol which is a type of login oh cool so he is basically a login window yeah so i think that's cool. cool that's fun and he also notices when he looks at Seraph, he sees that he's an orange matrix color instead of the green that everything else is. Seraph sees that, uh, Neo sees that about him. Yeah. And I actually don't remember what's significant about that. I think they say. I well, know. I think it, he, no, no, I think it's that he knows that he is not an organic creature. <laughs> like he's not a human. Got it. So he knows he's in the system. Oh, okay. Um, because then when he sees the Oracle, he's like, I see that you're part you're a system. part of the matrix. So it's like a thing he's developed. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think that's the reading, Got but I, I know that he does say that to the Oracle. Yeah. We, we have the Oracle. It's still Gloria Foster. Yeah. Um, which I had thought that she died, but she dies before the- they can film her scenes in the next movie. Yeah. So there's that clarification. Um, and they have this conversation where he's basically like, "If you're part of the matrix." How do I know that you're not just setting me up? Yeah. And uh, you're, you're here to make a choice. You're here to find out. Wh- yeah. So she says, like, well, you're not here to make a choice about if you're the one. You're here to find out why you made a choice. Yeah. And there's, again, choice, uh, control. We're talking about all these themes. I'm I'm kind of forgetting their exact conversation. Me too. But that is the... 
big part. Yeah. Just not the specific part. Yeah. And I, I think there's a little bit peppered in there about like, you know, how, how can you trust anything kind of, or at least there's that, uh-huh. y- you know, you have to have faith at a certain point. Uh-huh. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they also mention how vampires and wolves are programs that are hiding from the original so basically source. basically folklore monsters. Yeah, which Jordan said, yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because it it makes me think of two, like, it's almost as if she is saying humans in their consciousness assign uh, those older programs with those monsterish features yeah as if it's distractions or it's like they're filling in the blanks of like they're they're scary and they're old and they mean this which is kind of like what monsters are yeah like older ones like they often represent something like vampires represent like lust and yeah so yeah i i think that's fun yeah and and we'll find out like with the twins later who yeah. are like ghosts? Yeah, that like I call them ghouls. <laughs> sure, they um, like there, there's there's these. Well, I guess we should save the exiles. We'll talk about the exiles in a little bit. Okay. Um, so I I have to admit to the audience that we took a break and I watched. I rewatched the scene where he talks to the Oracle and funny enough, without being as eloquent as the script is, we said all that really needed to be said from that scene. So, um, she's a part of the machine world. How do I trust you? Is this another form of control that sums up the scene? But what that leads into is she tells him that he needs to go see the Merovin or yeah, the yep. see the Merovingian and get the keymaker, and the keymaker is gonna take him to the source. The source being of the matrix. Yeah, like he can power it down. That's the implication. But then before he does that, we have the Mr. Smith fight scene. Mm-hmm. Agent Smith. Agent Smith, yes. Yeah. He's always saying Mr. Anderson, and I yeah, I had that happen last episode. Mm-hmm. So this is the fight scene. What do you think of this fight scene, Jordan? Love it. It's so cool. Affects it all. Yeah. I think it's great. It, it's it's a very um, interesting the whole time. I, 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 they do the, I think they use it well. The choreography is good where you have a lot of guys fighting one guy, but it doesn't look like all the other guys are standing back not doing anything. There, there was one shot I noticed that in, but only one, but which it's is usually crazy. They're like getting back up because he just knocked them over. Yeah, it's and and usually crazy. in a fight scene like this, you're usually seeing people who are kind of like, like uh-huh. walking back and forth in the background, pretending like they're getting ready to fight. Yeah, but um, that's probably Yoon Wu Ping. Yeah, thinking probably. ahead. Um, but then the fight, you can call it either way. You can call it devolving or evolves into pretty much just a CGI fest. Yeah. Now, I think if you're going to do, you know, a lot of CG in a movie, if you're going to do it this creatively, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, of course, it hasn't aged the best. Yeah. But we're also dealing with, they're literally computer programs, and they're in a computer. So yeah. if you need that to keep you through the scene, that's an option. Yep. Um, but what I what I found really weird is, so this movie comes out in 2003, and watching that fight scene, 
I saw throughout the last 20 years in my head uh, all the negative effects that that fight scene has had on action movies. Oh, okay. Because I could just see, I mean, at the time, we're talking, this is cool, and I'm not blaming the movie for this, but I think every action filmmaker, every Marvel movie, every DC movie, uh, they watched... They saw this movie and they were like, oh, like the camera doesn't have to follow the rules of what real cameras go through. It doesn't, the actors don't have oh. to. We can do anything. Yeah. And so fight scenes from like 2003 on are are very, they, they do rely on the CG. Yeah. Um, And I think that that is, that's one of those moments where it's like, if you could go back, maybe you'd grab the Wachowskis and go, Hey, just so you know, after you make this scene, it's going to kind of ruin action movies. <laughs> Are you sure so you, you want to do this? Prevent them? <laughs> What's that? You would want to prevent them from doing this? I would just want to warn them. <laughs> they probably would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Still going to do the scene. But it's 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 the kind of thing where people learn like the wrong lessons from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But there's cool stuff in it that is CG. You know, like when I he... I think so. When he has the metal bars. I was, yeah, I was going to say, and he runs. It's fun. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's uh, uh, this moment I really love where this woman walks into the uh-huh. courtyard and she drops her groceries. She turns into... Um, agent Smith. An, no, she turns into an agent from oh, the Matrix. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, Agent Smith walks up to that matrix agent stabs it with his hand and Mm -hmm. the person goes you and he goes me yeah yeah. and then it turns into him and he goes me 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 and then the when it turns into him it goes me too yeah yeah, (laughs) and i'm like yeah that's so over the top but i love it yeah um and it gets to like there's hundreds of them of agent smith yeah fighting and then neo flies away I think that's the most disappointing part of it is he's like, okay, I'm done fighting them. Like as far as a resolution, it's kind of like, oh, I wish there was. Oh, I'm fine with it because something more re- because it's like his first actual face to face with Agent Smith again. Uh huh. And he's real. He's learns in this moment really that he's changed, and he he okay. can't he can't handle it right now. Okay. And there are bigger fish to fry. I'll take it because I want to like it. It works for me. That works for it's me too. Like, it's like you're halfway through the video game, but you're <laughs> yeah, going to come back yeah. to him. Okay. I'll, I will take that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we have the second weirdest part of the movie. We show up at a restaurant. Yep. And we meet the Merovingian, who we've touched on briefly. Yeah. But now we're going to get into him a little bit more. Yeah. So he talks about cause and effect. Causality. To such a degree that I don't really understand the point well, that he's making. Once again, he's making a point about control. Yeah. And yeah. Cause yeah, and yeah, effect. Because yeah. he uses that girl as an example, right, which so. is like, <laughs> okay. So basically, he's illustrating cause and effect, who has control. So he, I guess, designed this piece of cake. Yes. Or programmed it. And it's so. It's so perfect that it it makes this woman have an orgasm. And it it zooms, it turns into the matrix, zooms into her crotch, and there's an explosion. Yeah. It it is I why did they use that as an illustration? I don't know. It's it's very weird. 
Um, it, yeah, it it's weird. It's so funny too. And his it, illustration it also is like, like I made that happen because I programmed that cake. Yeah. I, well, I I I think on a control level, he's saying like even even the things that we think are our own experience and cause our own causality, like cause certain things to happen to us, those are also engineered. So nothing in your life is by your own choice or something that you can control. That's like what he's illustrating with yeah. the piece of cake. Yeah. In the funniest way possible. Yeah. It, it is, I think it's laughable. Yeah. I, I wish he'd done it a different way or... Even if he didn't do it a different way, if they had an actor that was playing it like, I mean, even even a merciful like ten percent less insane as this guy is playing it, I think it would it could maybe work. I, right. d- I don't think there's a version of he just the cake talks scene so working. So much, and he's kind of monotonous. So I, I like. I love to curse in French. Love and you're like I. I I gotta watch this with subtitles. This is crazy. It's, it's it's just it's like a Quentin Tarantino-esque moment monologue that didn't work for me. Yes. Yeah, and 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 of course, this goes without saying. We're not critiquing the French language or people who have French accents. No, I'm what I'm but saying. I don't understand. It's the I'm saying I don't understand the point he's making to the larger narrative. And I know yeah. you just explained it, but I I just felt like a waste of time. Yeah, because it didn't do anything. Well, like. And that's what's funny about these complaints is the first movie, there's so much exposition. There's so much being explained the whole movie. So why should the second movie be any different? But yeah. it's almost like in the first movie, you're explaining like, yeah, theories, but they are things that have actual applications. And these are just like, this is just what, how I think the world works is how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really, it feels like there's no practical application. Well, and, and this movie and it's weird because it's like so uh, some of this stuff is really subtle and some of it is not. Yeah. So a, a exploding cake orgasm is not subtle. But like him trying to explain causality and control is subtle. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there there is this weird tension in the movie where it's like very obvious and also not obvious but at all. But then like with the th- Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus sitting there, they're just kind of like, okay, can you take us to the key maker? I know. They don't really I, I react just, like, to what's going on. I just like don't get how it affects them. I know. It, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, so I he, think... he like... Ref- oh, go ahead. I, I just... I think his performance is really bad. Not a fan. I, and I and I think a different performance. This could have this scene could have worked. Maybe. I, the the cake scene still would have been hilarious and yeah. like so shocking. But I think this scene could have worked a lot better with a different actor. Yeah, who's not going like Pepe Le Pew on the scene. You know. Yeah. So um, anyway, so he like refuses to take him to the keymaker, but his wife Persephone is like, "Follow me," and they're like, "Yeah." walking they go to the bathroom so, <laughs> and then this is another part where it's like can we just get to the key maker please <laughs> because she's talking about her own issues uh-huh. and then she's like i'll take you to the key maker if neo kisses me like he kisses trinity because i don't know what love feels like anymore and it's like okay fine just let's just get this over with it just feels forced yeah, this, so is she a program or is she a human? I thought she was a program. Yeah, cause, yeah, okay. I thought. Th- this Monica Bellucci 
I don't know why she's in this movie. More than I think anything else in this movie, I, like, I can't figure out the purpose of her. Other than her husband, who is a program, refuse, has access to the keymaker, refuses, denies them access, and then she's like, well, I'm in an unhappy marriage, so I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. What? But it's just weird because it it feels like, I don't know why these programs are having feelings in this way. Cause it, I don't, I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's very like strange. They're old programs. So no one really needs them anymore or cares about them. But so, so they're just like, well, this is the one last control I have. Okay. I don't know. Though. You, I, I don't know. You kind of fixed that for me a little bit. I don't know. But here's, here's what is cool though. In the, in the Merovingian scene is he introduces this idea um, where there are these things called exiles and these are outdated programs that have been in other matrix matrixes or have been or other versions of the matrix or have been um, like antiquated and replaced, but they refuse to go to the source and be destroyed. So like he used to be in another matrix, but when they came to destroy him, he like avoided it or whatever. So yeah. he's this antiquated program, and I think all of his henchmen and stuff—they're all these. Pro- these are like, these are like Windows Six and Windows Five yeah. that are hanging out. And that idea, very into. Yeah, I love that idea. It is interesting. And they—that's they, what kind of melds with like the thing Oracle. The Oracle says where it's like you may see a werewolf or a ghost, but it's like an outdated program. Yeah. That's not functioning the way it was yeah. supposed to function. So it's basically like malware and and just this stuff I love. Um, <clears throat> so she takes him to the keymaker. Yes, she takes him to the keymaker after they have a very close up uh, kiss. That's that's very uncomfortable to watch for me. Mm. Um, it, this scene kind of feels like. I I don't think this was the case, but it almost feels like a studio was like, come on, you got to sex up this movie a little bit. Maybe. But I don't think that they were given any limits on this. Yeah. Um, So then we find the key maker, and he's in a room just full of keys. Yep. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to love that. Mm-hmm. And he is going to take him to the source now. Oh, and earlier when he met the Oracle and they went into the, that hallway, that's like in between codes or it's like it's like the you see the matrix the green stuff oh yeah it's like the stuff in between that's how i imagine it i don't know if that's true yeah no no that's because cool. when they did that or when in there Wait, like, when was what scene was when this he at? went to the oracle oh yeah um when he did that on nebuchadnezzar they like couldn't track him anymore that's right yeah because link says like where'd he go yeah so um yeah so the key maker they got him now but then um the the dude shows up. What's that guy's name? The Merovingian. Yeah, he shows up with his henchmen and is like attack. And then we have the staircase fight scene, which is a very cool scene. This scene is cool. Clearly, as you're probably under getting from my take on the movie, I just want action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> so this part ripped. It rips. It's good. And what was nuts? I've never caught this before. But the Merovingian says. I've survived your predecessors and I will survive you. Yes. Which I was like, oh, he, so he has had this same experience. So 
what's cool is that I think there there's five other versions of the Matrix that have happened. We're on the sixth version of the Matrix. And every other version of the Matrix, from what I understand, or this is my take, I guess, goes through the exact same... It, it does Matrix 1, and it does Matrix 2. But instead of him choosing the one door, he chooses the other. And then it goes back, and it does Matrix 1, I don't Matrix understand two. how that works on a human level, though. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. I guess I'm, I'm, okay. I shouldn't have started talking about this yeah, right here. Yeah, because that's my big question. But... but but these programs, you know, like the Merovingian, he's been in multiple Matrix. Yeah. So he shows up, yeah. and he's like, I've done this before. I can do it again. Yeah. But then Neo defeats the guys, yeah, which yeah, 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 has yeah. also happened to him. Right. So I'm sure he's like, whatever. Um, but there is some cool stuff, and I feel like I didn't notice any CGI in this scene. No. Which feels like Besides a... Besides the ghouls. Yeah, but remember, they go away in the staircase. They're not in the staircase. They go oh, okay. chasing uh, Trinity and Morpheus. Yeah. And so it's just, like, kind of cool, because there's stuff where they're, like, running on walls and stuff. Uh-huh. So they're j- And you can tell that they're real people doing it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's great. And the, the set really is really cool. cool. So now, now they're, awesome. like, in this, like, mansion. Yeah. Um, and, and so Neo defeats all of them. Yeah. Um, in a spectacular display. While Trinity yeah. and Morpheus and the Keymaker run, and the, the Keymaker uses one of his keys to change the door to open up on a parking garage rather than something else. I could watch a movie where there's portals and doors and they change them all day long. Forget about it. So um, they make it through, but the um, the ghoul, the ghoulish twins make it yeah. through as well, and Neo does not make it through in time. So he's yes. just like stuck in this mansion, and yes. he has to fly to get to them, which is like 500 miles away. Yeah. Um, that's all super Link, cool. Where are they? They're 550 miles away. Get, send me their location. He flies off. Yeah. But he's out of the picture for, for a, a while. while. Yeah. And then we have and the we freeway cheese. Even cooler action. So they're uh, outrunning the, the, the ghoulish twins and they're both <laughs> in cars on a freeway. So this is a, it's a pretty long action sequence. It's very long. But it, it is so fun. The music in the sequence The music is also rips. the best, my favorite part of the movie here. It's so good. Yeah. But, it, I mean, if you're going to make an action movie, we need more freeway chase sequences. Come on. I love a good freeway chase. We have, like, Terminator 2 and this movie... And there needs to be more of them. We're on roads. Of course, we haven't watched Fast and Furious. Maybe there's a bunch of... I mean, of... it's probably just riddled with freeways. <laughs> probably. So, um, yeah, so they start, both start in a car. Yeah. And then eventually, um, Trinity Morpheus and the Keymaker, the car's gone. Like, they have to get to a different vehicle. Yeah. They get to an overpass. Yeah. They blow up the twins... But now and Morpheus has a katana that he whips out and he's using, and it's cool. So the twins get blown up before they can ghoulishly fly away, and now there are agents on their tail. So they jump Mm -hmm. onto a semi with a bunch of motorcycles, and it's go time. It's go time. Great fun time, as you know. Not very interesting to describe action, but eventually we get to the the very big part where they're uh, Morpheus, the keymaker. And an agent are on top of a semi yeah. fighting. One of the most thrilling fights. Yeah. 
and they're trying to make sure the key maker doesn't fall off and stuff like that. Because yeah. I think that the agents are just like if we just if we just kill the key maker, then they can't get to the source. Yeah, so it's then we can worry about Morpheus and Trinity. Um, but Morpheus has a nice heroic moment. Mm. Trinity has a few heroic moments. Um, Neo shows up just in time to <laughs> yeah. uh, so two semis collide into each other slow and motion. I think that the FX is cool for this. I think it is too because it's like they're they're making a choice. So it's like stylized. Yeah, and you can see it crumpling as <laughs> yeah, as the that's like, what I'm effect saying. is going through. So it looks cool. But Neo swoops in and gets the keymaker Morpheus before they explode too. Yeah, and then um, that's the freeway scene. I can't believe that we did that in like two and a half minutes yeah but it's very good if you didn't watch the movie just watch the freeway chase scene and then also watch the movie because the movie rolls now we also have one of our favorite guys shows up in this movie a guy that last october we talked about extensively when we covered the movie insidious chapter three a guy named lee winnell yeah director of the invisible man he makes a little appearance and He's he on rules. one of the other crews. And he dies almost instantly. Yep. And uh, it's it's like another uh, ship. Yep. And they're... It, the, because they, they sent other ships to go find the Nebuchadnezzar and, and leave all, the resistance, basically. And then they all met up, all three of these ships, and are like, this is the plan. We got to get into this building, and we only have a certain amount of time for Neo to get in with the source. Right. So they have this big, long convoluted plan to get into the architect mm-hmm. well the source they don't know it's the architect yet and there's there's like these ships from zion lee winnell's on one of them which we were just saying um and they're supposed to knock out some power but they all die yeah and then that leads um trinity to go in and fix it which previously neo had made her promise under no circumstances can you please not come in the matrix yeah which is cool because it provides this like paradoxical thing where had she been in the matrix they would have failed mm-hmm. and so the the only like her dying is inevitable she has no control over it mm. and <clears throat> so she goes in she she does like the explosion from the beginning of the movie but we don't quite get to the where she's about to die yeah and then Neo goes into the hallway. Yeah, Agent Smith shows up, hundreds of him, and Morpheus and him are fighting him off while the keymaker is opening the door to get to the keymaker, and they yeah. all make it through, although the keymaker gets shot and dies. He dies. He gives they, him they, the key. They get rid of him. Uh, so then they give they give Neo the key. Morpheus goes off in a different direction, and Neo goes to the source. Goes to the source. Then he opens it up and much to my surprise and his surprise it's a white room with tvs everywhere mm-hmm. and he's projected on all of the tvs yeah and there's the architect mm-hmm. now this is the best scene in the movie mm-hmm. i love this scene it's crazy yeah so he proceeds to explain a lot of things now let me see if i can he so he explains that neo is an anomaly so he is like, I mean, I think my understanding is it's like there's like a code that the AI cannot fix. And oh, it's okay. this savior complex. 
Oh, okay. And they call that, um, what do they call that? The prime program. So the prime program is the path of the one. Yeah. And so they have ways to now control said prime program. Yeah. But it's always there. It's an anomaly. They They can't figure out how to get rid of it. Yeah. So we're now in the sixth cycle of the Matrix. And where it gets crazy is... Uh, every matrix has led to this point where the one mm-hmm. um, shows up and then he's given a choice, which we'll talk about in a second. But what I, what I, a thing that I wanted to read from Matrix 101 um, is this. Uh, it's very likely that the path of the one is meant to end with him or her becoming the beginning of the prophecy in each version of the matrix. The end is the beginning. Consider what Morpheus tells Neo in the first Matrix. When the Matrix was first built, there was a man born inside that had the ability to change what he wanted, to remake the Matrix as he saw fit. It was this man who freed the first of us and taught us the truth. When he died, the Oracle prophesied his return and envisioned that his coming would hail the destruction of the Matrix. It seems likely that this, quote, man born inside is simply the previous one, Fulfilling his last duty to the cycle before it begins anew. Okay. So I I just love this idea that, yes, we have this prophecy, but the only reason the prophecy exists is because the person, like, restarted the Matrix and that prophecy happened already. Yeah. But it's—they're not actually overcoming anything. Right. They're just resetting it. Right. Because the option that the architect gives is if he goes through one door— uh, all of humanity dies except for 23 people. Uh-huh. And then they restart the Matrix. Uh-huh. The other option is he goes through the other door and they're, and he fights them and attempts to kill the machines. But in doing so, the machines will then go all the way down to Zion. They're only 72 hours away and kill all the humans, leaving none to And that's to spare. also the door that he says that that is where Trinity is. To yeah. save Trinity, you go through that door. Yeah. Or to have a chance to save her, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember he, the architect saying he anything He says something about, about him being in love. And that to save the person he loves, he has to go, that's the door. Because that's what's because, different this time. Yeah, which I didn't catch that until you said that. Yeah. And then, um, and that's like why Neo was kind of immediately like, okay, that one. Yeah. I mean, he hesitates a tiny bit, but I mean, he's pretty much like, well, I'm going to save Trinity. Which is which is nuts because he is choosing, he's he's choosing. It, it makes sense that the other five ones were like, no, nah, I'm gonna choose the the for sure survival. Yeah, he's choosing the maybe not survival. Yeah, but this makes me think. So another thing we we were trying to figure out, and I I'd done a little research was, uh, the TVs all have Keanu projected on them. And I always thought in watching these movies that those were the other five ones and that it's always Neo, like yeah. this actual person. Which was very, it's very confusing to me because it makes me think, so how is the human race being like reincarnated? Yeah. Basically. So it's like, I guess in that scenario, 
maybe this happens, this has happened like in the last 10 years or something, you know, and the same person is doing it because his body would eventually decay. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that was what was confusing me. But I've, I've read online that most people think that it is, those are alternate reactions to what the architect is saying. Yeah. So it's like they're just projecting what he is thinking, basically. Different yeah. versions of what he's thinking, Neo. Yeah. Because the other Matrix probably had, we can maybe assume, like a different person. Yeah. Like I saved Matrix 1, you saved Matrix 2. Yeah. Et cetera. Um, but what I, what I think is interesting that I, you know, don't obviously we won't know until December 22nd, but Matrix 4, so the the end of this series ends with a truce between the aliens, I mean the, the machines and man. But Matrix 4 begins with like, like at least in the trailers, you see Keanu Reeves and he's kind of like, you know, at therapy and like things are weird and, and stuff like that. And, and he's like not in the Matrix. He's not aware of the Matrix. Okay. And he bumps into Trinity at a coffee shop, and it doesn't seem like she's Whoa, aware. that's in the... That's in the trailer. <laughs> I have not seen the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. But it it, it, it almost feels like... Uh, so is this the seventh cycle of the Matrix that we're talking about? And if so, why? Exactly. And and if so... And and is, is there an implication that maybe there is a Neo-type... Like, literally, like, Neo is the savior of all the Matrixes. Yeah. If this is the seventh cycle. And it also makes me think, I've been thinking about this a lot, which I'm sure we'll get into more. Um, I think that this Matrix 4, as long as it goes well, will have at least one sequel to it. Oh, okay. I, th I think they'll try to tell a fairly uh, complete story, but they're not going to be like, and that's the end. Okay. Because I... Because I, I, it makes too much money. I, I think it's because it makes too much money, but I hope it's because uh, Lana, mm -hmm. I think it's Lana, um, I always keep forgetting because they, they both are Lily and Lana. Yeah. So I, I, get, them, I get them confused. But um, I hope that she does like, maybe she's like, I have so many ideas that this would just be the start, which would yeah, be cool. Yeah, yeah, not all of her eggs in one basket. Yeah, so I mean, I would be very down for that. Yeah, um, especially if it was like you know a collector set where you have six cycle and seventh cycle. You know, maybe two trilogies or maybe just five movies total. I don't know, but let's talk about this movie though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that is. I mean, right? Well, okay. The, so the, oh, I'm he sorry, chooses Trinity, and then Trinity dies. Yeah, and there are, and he saves her by basically like changing the code, is how I think of it. Yeah, he like pumps her heart. Literally, he pumps her heart literally, but that that you see it as a matrix yeah. thing. So she comes back to life. He saves her life, which is cool because in the the first movie, she saves his life, and it's kind of like True Love's Kiss, like the kiss is how it feels. But oh, yeah, um, so she comes back to life. They, um, and then, yeah, so then they basically, like, wake up, but, like, Keanu is in, is, is still asleep. Yeah. In, like, the hospital wing or something. Yeah. And everyone's, like, there's only, there only was one other survivor from the other ship. And then the camera pans up, and it's, 
the 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 guy that Agent Smith like became. Yeah. And then it says to be continued or something. Included. To be concluded. But you you did miss something. That yeah. Will, but I want to say one more thing about the architect scene. Um, there, just to hammer home the whole thing that this whole movie is about is the architect let is is telling him and showing him that even this prophecy and and what you are going to like you being the one is a form of control because we control that narrative basically. Yeah. So yeah. the whole movie control. Yeah. Now the big part uh, is then Neo uh, is gets out of the ship, which I always forget that they're like it's oh, breathable yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the Sentinels are come up and they blow up the ship, and yeah. they're running away from them. And Neo goes back, and he, as a human, stops, defeats them, the stops them, like with his hand, yeah, and, and destroys them. And that's and what like puts him in a coma, basically. That's right. That's right. That's right. And yeah. I can't really remember all that stuff. In the third movie, oh, that oh, gets yeah. wrapped up and explained. Um, I know, I know. Which is cool. But yeah, that's right. That's so, a big thing. What What do you... So there, there's a theory, and, and I... Because on the site I was on, it was like published like when the first... Uh-huh. Or when this came out. So they hadn't seen the third one, so they're talking yeah. about like theories and stuff. But there's... So I don't know if this theory is debunked in the next movie. I can't remember. But there's a theory that's Matrix within a Matrix. Okay. So that idea is that even Zion is within the Matrix. Oh, shoot. And humanity is like a level below that. Shoot. Which That's interesting. Also could, I mean, if they did something with that, there's potential for the sequel to do something with that, Matrix 4. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty tough to pull off, I think, as far as an audience following that and it being 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's it's worth thinking about. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but um, that's what happens. Yeah, did we do it? We did it. We, we need did to it. wrap it up. Okay, very weird. Um, because we had to record so many different times, and I think it turned out very short of an episode. But oh, really? Um, yeah, I think we're not even at an hour and a half. So. I guess that just happens. I, I hope we covered it satisfactory. I was hoping to argue that this movie rules, and I hope that I've maybe convinced you if you didn't think that. And next week, we're going to wrap it all up with Matrix Revolutions, um, unless it's Spider-Man next week. I don't have the calendar in front of me, but oh, okay, that's coming up this month. So yeah, uh, yeah go back and watch my Christmas show, because I think it's out by now. Please, and sign up for Patreon and listen to us talk about Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Links and no, uh, in description in the, in the show notes. Links to that in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>